pre-show shimmy. Pre-show shimmy. Yeah. Say that important. fast. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's going to start strong. <laughs> well, Adam Finkel. Yes. Alec Finn. Mm. I remember that from the last time. Yeah. Welcome to the Studio Corner Podcast <laughs> again. Thank you for having me. It's really good to have you here, man. Likewise, man. It's good um, to be here. Before we dive into this, I want to make it clear that you're episode 46, right? It's 46 one, and you were very early on in the early days, and I met you just through weird circumstance, random circumstance, and yep. you came on until this day, I still go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> no way. And I still listen to the things that you t- said and talked about, and they have truly helped me multiple times. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. So I was pretty stoked to have you back on. Dude, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, that's what a treat. great. Yeah. I feel like we should have just, uh, I feel like, God, if I have, I have so many episodes where it's like, I feel like we should have recorded the last hour of us talking. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the fun. That's you know? the fun. That's, that's the fun. That's the secret stuff. Well, I couldn't think of anybody better to bring on for uh, the idea of project development to project release. Yeah. It was, it was really hard when I was like sitting down and thinking about like, well, how do I want to do this? How do I want to approach this? There's so many things that go into this and I broke it down into all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? The guy just released an EP. Let's just talk about... <laughs> All the steps. Let me pick his brain on that. Yeah. Now, the EP is called LMG. Mm-hmm. What's LMG stand for? Logan Michael Gambone. That is <laughs> the name of, uh, that is the name of a nephew that passed away. Uh, he was, uh, my sister was four and a half months pregnant, and she lost uh, the child in the, uh, through miscarriage. And, uh, yeah, the idea behind the record was to kind of offer a little bit of a narrative of hope Hmm. for her Um, and the video and sort of the content was all based around basically a gift for my family to kind of preserve that memory in a positive way instead of as something that's like truly heavy and depressing as it is Um, and maybe try to you know spin that memory in a way that that would be a little more positive and and beautiful instead of like totally just sad yeah so hopeful yep Mm-hmm. I like that. Interesting. Well, uh, 20 Steps Ahead, as that's the name of the other mm-hmm. song. So you only released two songs, right? Yeah, there's four total on the on the EP. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Oh, thank you. Um, 20 Steps Ahead. So LMG is about, is that song specifically about something, about about the child, about something, or yeah. is it just kind of like the theme? Yeah, that that song was, was definitely about, uh, even if you hear the, the sounds in the intro, like the, the sort of, I think what, what sort of spawned it for me was I was, playing around with the synth sound in it and it sounded kind of like a uh, like a sonogram like a you know mm. um and that immediately I, I was like that was that was exactly what i wanted to harness and, and kind of bring warmth to that and use that as sort of a sample um but yeah like so the overarching theme for the whole record is the struggle in the moment that then leads to the beauty in the memory like Hmm. how do you find you know like what what it takes to be able to look back at trauma and look back at heavy things that happen in life and crazy experiences you've had and then like now cherish those memories and be like man that that's amazing that is amazing yeah holy crap that's amazing so yeah so 20 steps ahead was sort of like like that was the overarching theory and uh, you know sort of like concept and then lmg was one example of you know dealing with the trauma of miscarriage in my sister's case and as a family and 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 you know being there for someone who's gone through that and how intense that is um and i released that song on national infant loss day 
um, which was something that I didn't even plan on. Really? Um, yeah, it just happened. Like it was one of those universal moments that wow. just was crazy. And my what sister uh, originally told me she didn't want me to tell that story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she uh, she's an ambassador for a whole um, committee at her college where she deals with. Uh, you know, postnatal uh, loss and, and therapy and all this stuff, and, and it's like a really beautiful thing to looking be a part back of. and finding the you know, yeah holding on to something exactly. Positive. So she's she's taken this in a really positive light, and now she can be an advocate for you know uh, people that go through postpartum and people that yeah. go through all this stuff, and and no one talks about it. No one knows how to talk to people who've gone through it, yeah. and and uh, I learned a lot from her and her strength and and her ability to to go through. So yeah, so that 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 song was very much about how to take that situation and and know that you know um for me the visual was was that you know there's he did have a life yeah and that there's a beautiful spiritual journey that happened for that being even though we don't see it even though we didn't get to see it yeah just because it wasn't with us it happened yeah um and 20 steps ahead is sort of the next installation which is my struggle with um always needing to be 20 steps ahead to feel really comfortable it's it's very safe to be future plans all the time hmm. so i think 20 steps ahead is is my reminder to myself to breathe and as much as it's good to have a plan and it's good to do that there's also a huge benefit to taking a deep breath and just being where you are and not having to be like oh my god i just missed 90% of what this person just said cuz i'm sitting here in the corner thinking about you know whether or not i I'm going to be able to make this thing on Friday because I just double booked myself like an idiot. Yeah. And that's a horrible situation. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's deep. That's very deep. And, um, I think it's a feat anytime anybody creative can find a way to express or, or, um, translate a situation or emotion into a medium of creativity Mm -hmm. for everyone to not only experience and enjoy, but to learn from. Yeah. And it uh, sounds like you harness it. I, l- I love what you said about kind of like hearing a sound that inspired. A, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was it? It was, a, it was like a synth that sounded like what? Like a sonogram. Like, like a you, sonogram. Yeah, I when, mean, you, when you're listening through. Yeah. I mean, just to hear that alone. It's, 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 I mean, because I guarantee you wouldn't hear that if you weren't in the situation, right? You know, and you drew your inspiration very deeply from what it sounds like mm-hmm. from that situation to lead you to one simple sound that inspires a song into a production. Per, production to to a huge thing yeah and uh i think i think that's a feat any day any day that uh someone can go through those steps which uh you know with the idea of a project like anybody if they're sitting down to do something creative like it has to start from there right it has to start from inspiration Mm -hmm. like walking down the street see something you like someone says something new you go through a situation no matter what it is it has to start from an inspiration yeah or which or an idea one one and the same i think um, so for you, that was very specific for your project mm-hmm. in general, outside of this project, outside of just any project for you, for anyone, for you, do you have a way of classifying what inspiration is? Hmm. I think, I think inspiration is, is cre- creatively, um, I think yeah, I can only really speak to creative inspiration. Well, that's what I mean. Point. Yeah, like, yeah, say yeah. you're starting, you know, for a project, right? The project yeah. has an inspiration. Like, what is, what classifies the thing that inspires the, the thing, project? The thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because that's that's part of it, right? I, for for me, you need a roadmap 
for I need a roadmap, I should say. Some people do this and they're genius and they're just all over the place. For me, well, I'd say you're pretty genius. I, no, I, thank you for saying that. But yeah, I think I, I need a roadmap. So I do need a very clear concept of what I'm trying to say. And that in terms of inspiration, it's it's something that you know, I go into pre-production. It's like anything else. I, I, I will have a whiteboard sometimes or I'll just kind of sit on my patio and I just look out and I'll just kind of think about like, what do I have? Like, what do I want to say right now? And sometimes it's very clear. And I, I you know, um, sometimes it's not. And then I realize that I haven't had enough life experience to really warrant writing anything today. And that's okay too. Hmm. Um, I think that for me, I do have to work from a place of, of real realness things that actually happen to me and, and events and things and um i i now have to structure into my process time where i don't create so that i can have life experience that's not immediately being sort of affected by my sort of like agenda to turn this into something creative immediately um but one of the ways that i've sort of married that is like i do a lot of field recording you know when i'm out at places that i like or when i get a warm feeling somewhere you know you put that phone on and just let the sound record of the room or like when you're when you're out and looking around oh, and man, things like beautiful, that beautiful beautiful thing to do yeah just like wow. as a way to kind of you know and 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 if nothing else it, it can be a reminder of, of a place you're like where even was i when i took that oh and uh there's another song on this record Got chills thinking about that <laughs> oh beautiful there's, yeah so i think that the inspiration uh you know for each song is 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 different but the overall theme um, was inspired from from a, a, a moment where I took a deep breath and said, like, what's important to me right now in this moment where I'm deciding to make a record? What is something that I really am passionate about? And at that point, it was a lot of loss. My sister just lost a, a four, uh, four and a half month pregnancy. My mm -hmm. grandma just passed away. Um, all within a month, there was crazy fires uh, mm -hmm. around my workplace and a bunch of other places. And, and a lot of friends were being affected by this. And... and just surrounded by this yeah yeah and i i think that how do we take loss and, and turn it into hope how do we turn that narrative into hope and and what what are these memories i have that are very warm and and why are they warm and a lot of them were because of like a struggle you know like i there was a sense of conflict that that payoff was so meaningful because of that we went into so that that was that was like what inspired me and how i know inspiration is there is when i can take a day breathe into it what do i want to say here and then once you have that theme you can pick up little pieces of the tree and, and you know like build the branches out from there interesting That's, yeah so how do you stay so aware of it because i think i mean what i'm mm -hmm. hearing is you're i mean you you draw from real life situations mm -hmm. but it's not even that they're about real life situations you take a real life situation and you find a positive, hopeful lesson that's been learned and you try to capture mm -hmm. that process, mm -hmm. you know, so that like that's the inspiration leading mm -hmm. to that. But to be so aware of that, not only as a person going through life, but as someone that's creating, right? Like, do you have a technique? Like, well, how do you stay so aware? Because that's that's freaking hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think also it depends on how you. Uh, it's it, you know, you can look at a situation like, uh, for example, one of the tracks on this record is called uh, Manjuic. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Manjuic, Manjuic. <laughs> it's a castle that I visited when I was in Barcelona earlier this year, okay. and I had done some field recording there. And and this is a place that has like an insanely dark history 
of war and being a prison and being a fortress that now is on top of this hill looking out over the Mediterranean, completely serene. There's these beautiful fields, people just doing like archery, people just relaxing, meditating, people looking out. And I was like, this is, but when I was there, I knew that there was this, you know, hopeful melancholy that like resonated with me. That's usually a theme in a lot of things. Yeah. And I sort of like have a, okay, like this is a place that's making me feel a thing in this moment. And I want to capture this in some capacity. So I field recording the birds, field recording some of my footsteps there. Um, and there was like an owl, there was a couple pigeons doing some things. And, and, uh, I remember when I went to record that track, um, I just let those sounds play and then, you know, started finding synth sounds that remind you almost that, that there was, that where there's tension, there's just a constant like darkness that's somehow being turned into warmth. Like it's this strange, serene place um, that's like eerily peaceful. It's such an wow. oxymoron. But um, yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, but but I could also write a totally different song about that experience from a different perspective yeah. if my overarching concept wasn't there. And another, you know, for me, I, I think part of what made, I was able to spin like the other track on here is called Wangshan, which was a mountain I climbed when I was in China. And again, there was six hours in the pouring rain. And this is a place that's like really gnarly. It's all stone steps and, and, and you get up there and, and I'm just like drenched from head to toe, like just like through the, the poncho did nothing. <laughs> you know, the socks are filthy, like your feet are a million pounds. And I got up to this summit and the summit was called Stone Monkey Gazing Over a Sea of Clouds. I have no idea what this means. I finally get to the top. I look over and there's this little rock that looks just like a stone monkey that's staring out into this miscovered just endless landscape of mountains with mist all over it and i forgot about everything else that was happening I, i'm no longer wet i'm no longer here and i just like there's a video of me there i couldn't find it uh but it, i know it's on one of my drives somewhere where i i was like breathing and it was like one of those like <sighs> And you just like, it just stops. Like, I just like was there in that moment. It's one of those true moments when I was completely present. Damn. And I think that's part of when you find the beauty of loss is moments when you are completely present and when you are uh, in memory, you know, like those are, th those are the ones that stick out. So, so you can apply the same situation to a lot of different things, but I think that's why it's really important to have that overarching theme, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the, insp the, the inspiration, the the beginning of it, what led you there? Yeah, I like I like your idea of uh, the positivity through you know something that's supposed to be negative. I mean, Van Gogh. I don't know if you know anything about Van Gogh, but he is the world's greatest example of how great art can be. Any art, any creative. That guy had the most miserable freaking life <laughs> yeah. of anybody in history yeah. ever. Yeah, and he chose to paint the most beautiful positive landscapes i've ever seen that the mm. world's ever seen yeah that guy i mean do you, he, he was he a miscarriage his uh he was the second vincent van gogh born his mother had a was born was a pregnant with a child mm -hmm. named vincent i think like two months after he was born or before two months after he was born he died on march 30th he was born so they buried this baby vincent van gogh 
Vincent Van Gogh, the one we know, was born the same day a year later, March 30th, my birthday, by the way, uh, and my dad's birthday. The connection um, is born there. Born the same day, one year later, and grew up every single day going to a gravesite to watch his mother cry over Vincent Van Gogh, the death of it. Wow. I did not know that. That was, that was his childhood. And that's, I mean, we could talk about how miserable this guy's <laughs> life was from day one. He was demented in the head. I mean, there's a story of him. He was so in love with, uh, with his cousin at one point that he literally wanted to see her so bad that, uh, and they wouldn't let him. And he said, I'll put my hand over a flame, over a candle. And after as long as I can hold it, I get to see her. He cooked his hand that day. Wow. I mean, this guy was, I mean, everything was so, you know, dark and heavy. Yeah. But then you look at his art and like he never chose to paint it. He chose to paint the most beautiful things hmm. in the world. So I don't know the guy. I didn't get to know him, right? Yeah. The different highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it makes you think like there's there has to be something there. It's like inspiration is coming from something. And I think you're tapping into something that's very important. The idea like this traumatic events, these these struggles, these what we would classify as negative, if we can get through them and then look back at the moments to see the growth to see the learned lesson to see the connection they're bringing together and create from there i think there's something very powerful yeah i think there's also a thing too um that is important to note i i don't believe that you always have to go through terrible things to make great art absolutely i, I think yeah. that's a thing too that uh, sort of gets ingrained like oh if you're not it's suffering struggle. if you're not <laughs> suffering your work is meaningless uh which, i write from the what if factor is my yeah i i tend to like i i've always resonated with kind of more melancholic chord progressions and i, I like the struggle and that like that's something that resonates with me but there's a lot of artists i know that that also just love writing about dancing and being happy and the joy and the beauty mm -hmm. and i do that too just the way it comes out of me is not, different it's just different um and i think knowing knowing yourself enough to know that that, you, that is a that is a complete construct that has worked for many people but that is not the only way to do it either is important to note well say that's why i brought the van gogh yeah, thing like it's a it's, perfect it's, example it's like yeah. you can he could have been miserable and paint horrible things but right. i mean he just wanted to paint beautiful things mm-hmm like you create from what you choose to create from, right? You That's know? brilliant. It's uh, I, I really, really, really dig what uh, that whole idea of looking back and finding the finding the the memory to be positive. Mm -hmm. That's that's a that's a difficult thing to do, and I think that's an important thing to do. Never even thought yeah. about that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So we take the inspiration. Yep. You know, we we we're getting dive in now. Um, for me, I'm a guitar player, so it's very easy to say, hey, I'm going to write a song or I'm going to play a riff, write a mm -hmm. chord progression. You know, you're, you're, mu you're a music producer, so you deal with a lot more sounds. Mm -hmm. Artists have, you know, different types of, you know, canvases they can paint on wood, they can paint on canvas, they can paint on, draw on paper, mm -hmm. oil. I mean, there's so many different mediums out there. Choosing your medium to hone in this inspiration right. is a huge step that I think is, is brushed over very quick, very, very quickly because we immediately classify ourselves, right? Like for me, I'm a, oh, I'm a guitar player. I pick up, I write a song. What if maybe I wanted to play piano? What right. if maybe I wanted to sketch something? You know, I think honing in the medium of your, uh, of the expression from the inspiration is very important. Mm -hmm. So for you, you know, I like, that's why I really like this sonogram thing. Like you, you heard this and the medium wasn't necessarily like, oh, I need like a fat bass, right? <laughs> right. But a sound it's the sound that inspired this, like the sound that caught your attention that said, Hey, I can best express this inspiration through the sound. So it's like, it's like conceptualizing it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, there's a, I think also the important note of my, my process, both when I work as an artist or as a producer, um, is the narrative that you build around the concept. But before I even, that's part of the pre-production for me is obviously there's a song about this, but the next question is how do you tell that story? So if, if this is a song about finding, you know, turning a narrative, I, I keep saying, oh, yeah, it was a, it was trying to make a, a narrative of hope. But what what is that actual narrative? Yeah. And and the narrative is, you know, it starts as, as a very tender, intimate moment where, you know, you have, you know, it's like warm our hands around you and you that's very obvious. Like you can put that in a lot of ways. And, and I I knew that it was going to be in a room where it's a heavy moment in a hospital room. So I found sounds that fit that immediately. I gave like that was I knew that that's where we are. And then we go from a hospital room to a beautiful place. And I follow that arc, a heavenly, just like spiritually fulfilling, colorful place. Hmm. And that was the narrative I was telling. So I, I, I find it a lot easier when I talk about a roadmap. You know, so we've created our overarching concept of the full record. And now we found a concept of this song. And now I need to make a narrative around that concept. And you can do a concept album as well. Yeah. Where you then have a narrative of all the songs that build that. Yeah. Like it, it can get, you can go, you know, inception level with this. Inception. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that, yeah, if, if you can paint a visual narrative of your concept for a song to the T. You know, and I, I always use the example of if you're going to a party and the song is about being at a party, where are you when you start? Are you on your way to the party? Are you excited about going to the party? Are you really just like indifferent about going? Is there a bunch of people with at the you? Party are you there? Yeah. Are, are you by yourself? Like what is going on? Give me that. Because then choices that are being made are going to flow directly through like you're just cutting out all the fat at this point because then your your visual cues are going to be associated with audio cues and and you're going to know like is this sound making me feel like i'm this wow. thing? beautiful and that it just makes it for me it, it makes it a lot easier um and i I've, i sort of like combined a, a lot of other people that i had met over the years that each use different versions of that um that for me has been the most effective tool i found for especially for collaborating with other people because then their narrative, um, I can then share their narrative through visual cues rather than me being like, hey, does this sound work? Hey, does this guitar work? Hey, does this piano? It's like, no, do we, the question then becomes, do we feel like we're in a car by ourselves kind of feeling shitty right now? Yeah. Or no, you know? And, Interesting. And that's a, that's a thing. Well, I like that because, and I'm, some may disagree with me on this one, but communication is, uh, is huge. An, is an interesting subject for me because I truly believe communication is not about getting your point across, not about you, you know, saying what you need to. I think communication is you presenting what you want in a format for the person you're presenting it to to understand. Hmm. So That's if you, interesting. So if you want to communicate, it means that you already know what you want to say. You already know that. You've said it to yourself. But to communicate means you intend to share that with someone else, which means you want them to hear it. So therefore, if you want to yell something because you're angry, but the other person doesn't listen when you yell, then you shouldn't, your communicating is not yelling. Communicating is understanding how someone will understand what you're trying to say and presenting it in that manner. That's really, yeah. I, I mean, because it's, it's, it's funny because I, at first I'm, I'm just kind of sitting like, wait a minute. 
I because th- in music it's such an interesting relationship between a producer and an artist um and even if you're just an artist working alone when you're when you're playing all the instrumentation when you're doing everything yourself um which you know much about (laughs) um there's an aspect of we we need to find a common language to even be able to get to that stage yeah um and i think that maybe that needs to come building a common language definitely needs to come before communicating anything Mm-hmm. And people most of the time just try to communicate things without having the self-awareness and knowing what it is you want to say. Yeah. So if you can There's equip yourself, stuff, yeah. if you can equip yourself with like a really structured narrative and visual cues and some medium that is most comfortable to you to communicate that, yeah. then Set. whoever you're working with is going to be able to, you've just cut out a lot of fat in my opinion well it's i think it even applies to the music itself because you're you know, you're you, you're even talking about finding sounds that make you remind you of these scenes right mm-hmm. you know you're you're creating the music but you're creating from an experience that you've had mm-hmm. now when i listen to this you want me to be able to hear that right so instead of writing from like oh man i was in this room and i was in a really dark place and i was like oh what was i feeling you can't you you captured the feeling of the room right you didn't capture what you know adam was feeling right you captured what the room was right so when i listen to this when you when you communicate this music to me mm-hmm. i'm able to be in that room not in your head unless right. of course like you said it's an album dedicated to your head you know right right, right. you know yeah but but that's a huge factor right? right like if i'm if i'm real angry and i want to play fucking raw metal and just hit the guitar like that's one thing that's great if i want to do that but if i'm trying to talk about a feel like where i was when i was angry or what was going on when i was angry mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't necessarily aggression Maybe I felt aggression, but maybe looking back on the memory, there was something that said, hey, I needed to get to this. Hey, it was actually about this. And that's where the music has to come from. You right. have to know what you're communicating. Yeah, you and know? you need to get to the place of anger, I think, is another aspect. If, yeah. If, if this is a song about anger, you have to get it, 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 give me a little more. What are you angry about? How did you get to that point? What happened before? What happens after? Do you want to know what happens after? What What do you What do you want people to feel? And And at the end of the day, the, the, the craziest part about all this is that no one ever, would ever know what what they're supposed to like. This is just how how we you know we we, we freak out and we we make all these things. And the reality is like that's how I've learned. That's how I've found the most response and and connection to the work and people know people feel it and and they can they may not see or know what i'm talking about um, but you've put that in there you've captured that moment. and i think people feel that I absolutely do. yeah i think I, I, I think that's a thing that's like it's clear when there's intention and and when there's no yeah. intention it's pretty obvious most of the time art just, must have intention yeah i stand um, by that and I, some yeah yeah, yeah. i that's a that's a very controversial statement in today's day and age when it comes to creative people, <laughs> and I think I think it truly comes from just the the lack of ability, lack of want, hmm. lack of you know discipline to take responsibility and accountability for what you're doing, to just be able to say I am doing it freely. It's like freedom comes from a very structured place. I think in my you know and in a lot of ways yeah. an intention has to be there especially with communication especially with creative communication you know yeah i don't have to know your exact situation but when i listen to that song i can feel yeah what you meant for me to feel yeah and i think there's there's a lot of stuff you can get into particularly 
um, about what what's happening right now and you know the, the the music industry and with all the industries and you know everybody says it's almost like there's like that oh it's so oversaturated and oh you know there's so much this and there's so many people trying to take advantage and there's so many things but really I, I think there's also um, a lot of what's being put out in in, in my opinion um, is is very fear based. Hmm. Um, I think that's a thing I've I've detected a lot of uh, a lot of posting a lot of things I see um, I, I don't feel like does come from a place of any intention aside from like needing a lot of validation wow and I think it's it's a fear that you're going to get buried it's a fear that you're You'll not going to be lost. relevant and you're going to be buried in an algorithm and I think that a lot of people are fighting against that grain um, and I, I don't blame them and a lot of things I listen to, it's very, um, it's, I, I see, I, I see you. It's great. You're really good at what you're doing. Um, but I would compare a lot of what I hear now, uh, particularly through, you know, Spotify on the Discover Weekly and going through YouTube channels, things like that. Uh, I, I compared a lot to like listening through a Jimi Hendrix record um, where I three tracks in, I am I like, wow, this is, you're really good. That being said, I get it, um, and I need to. And I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Yeah, and I love. I get it. I no. I, please, please continue. I, I, I can. I can one hundred percent endorse that man as one of the greatest guitar players that's ever lived. Sure, but you're getting at something else. But, um, was he one of the best songwriters in the world? Oh, no, you know what I mean? There's a thing that he does and he does it really well. And I think people play to their strengths and they do, they, they abuse th that system right now where it, it's not really abuse. It's, it's just out of fear. I just got to put out as much as I can. Cause if I don't, then no one's going to, no numbers going to go down and I'm going to be dead, you know? And, and that's really what I, I, I feel comes from a lot of the, the lack of intention comes from a, a, a lack of time. Um, because, these deadlines are insane that everybody's wow. having to go through. Um, so it's a sound bite right there. I'm going to chop that and just have that on repeat. <laughs> fear based. The reason why there's so such a lack of intention and such a quote unquote oversaturation is it's fear based people. That's afraid. my opinion. I think that's a very good opinion. I no. think that's a very interesting perspective and I think it's among many reasons why we have such a huge saturation of things and why we have such a huge fear-based whatever, mm -hmm. you know, industry, fear-based kids and artists and up-and-comers and, you know, even established people. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's yeah. just this, what did you say, get buried in an algorithm? Yeah, I think that's a... That's and, a... like, every, every one of those statements completely, you know, contradicts the idea of I do this because I love it and I believe in it and I want to share it. You know? Well, making music's a weird thing professionally, right? Yeah. Because you're taking a thing that's so pure and raw, and now you're trying to monetize off of it, which it, is okay. It you is know, okay. Like, it's totally okay, but it's a matter of, you know, like like anything else. Like it's not that there's a bad end goal. It's a matter of how you get there. And it's like, yes, there's resources that worked for other people and that can work for you, but forget about what works for you think about who you are and what you love and what your code is, what your moral code is what your principles are and do those things line up with that and if they do fuck yeah go roll for it. it roll with it 100 percent, give yeah. it all you got but if you're exhausting yourself of of intention if you're exhausting yourself of you know that depth hmm. i mean 
Like you said, you're getting buried in the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I, I think wow. I, I, I tested wow. it. I tested it. I you know, I took six months off from posting anything online. I was like, I wonder if this is really going to affect anything. Um, it didn't affect anything um, at all. No, I have the same, if not more, engagement on things than I had from not posting in six months. Really? Yeah, because, you know, I, I think that as my if if i do things based on when there's a demand right now 90% of the demand comes from people just wanting to hear music that i make which is great you know 10% comes from um placements on tv shows other things like that and 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 that's great but that's my creative side social media wise if there were people asking me to post certain things or more, which I have had a lot of people saying, I would love to see more of your process stuff. Um, that's, I will do that now because there's a reason to do it. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, there's a book and I've probably brought this up before, but the, the music lesson, have you read this one? Mm -mm. Uh, Victor Wooten. Oh my God, I have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it was gifted to me. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. It, there is I, a, I, like a yeah. few pages in when the guy with the helmet shows up. It's yeah. <laughs> the, it is one of the, the most, it's hilarious. You know what I mean? It, he's so weird in the best way and it's he's cool. So but one of the, one of the <laughs> things that, uh, and I, I don't want to spoil too much for you here. Um, but he talks about technique, the man in the helmet. Uh, and, and he basically gets at the point cause you know, Victor's practicing all these scales and doing these scales. He's like, why? He's like, oh, because, you know, this is what the, the good guys do. You know, you shred. He's like, but what's the point? He's like, we'll be, uh, uh, <laughs> there's no purpose outside of just shredding. And so his the takeaway is, you know, learn technique for the purpose of your creative output. Learning technique for the sake of learning a technique, if it's not at all contributing to your intention, is kind of just redundant and ridiculous when you kind of look like unless it's just a personal goal like i want to be able sure. to do hey I'm, i got those absolutely I, which I is that. great but i think I from a that. songwriting from a creative standpoint it it has no purpose unless you're correct. enhancing what you know why yes so i think i learned jazz chords because i didn't want my songs to sound bland that's <laughs> literally the only reason i learned that's jazz a good chords. reason yeah and like for me if i if there's a day where i write a song idea and i need to learn sweeping on guitar i will learn learn freaking how sweeping. to sweep yeah. You know, but right now, I, as much as it would be cool <laughs> to whip out at a party, and it's very impressive. Check this out. <laughs> hey, I'm going to sweep the hell out of this thing. Um, I, you know, it's not on my radar at this yeah. point, but I think social media is all about techniques as well. And I think there's a lot of hmm. techniques that have no purpose um, that are being utilized a lot for me, where I, I've had those moments where I'm like, yeah, maybe I should be one of those guys that does that thing. But then I have to learn a whole new technique that no one's asking me to do to try and see if anyone responds positively to it and wants to share that thing. So I have more engagement from other people who aren't currently the people that actually care. You, you know what I mean? Applause on that it's kind of ridiculous, this is but a I, slow clap. This right is here. this is what you do <laughs> when you sit in a cabin all day. Like you think of, and I was like, I just don't want to. I don't want to spend time learning techniques for things that are never really going to apply or being requested or, or asked. Like there's no need for me to, to do them. Your when intention there is a drives demand, you. When there's a demand for live shows, I'll do live shows. Yeah. There's no demand for it right now. Me running out to downtown and setting up this ridiculous like setup that I have, you know, and I love the show that my my friends and I created. It's uh, it's great. I'm so amped on it. But we all kind of like agreed. 
let's just breathe into this. Like when there's a demand for it, when there's actual gigs worth our time and, and there's enough engagement or whatever, you know, to like really warrant it. Cause I, I do like playing live, but the show that I have is very demanding and it's gotta be worth it. it. It's gotta be worth our time. Uh, and it's not even about financial. It's about having the right venue who is like, oh, Hey, you get a sound check. You have space to breathe in between. Like I, it's just, you know, that's the standard. If I, if I can't do it in that way, I don't really see the value in it. It's it's just at that point I don't I don't feel a need to like go show off anything at this point. Well, because it's a difference. Like like if you needed to perform and mm -hmm. performing was the end goal, you'd put together a small show Correct. to go perform. Correct. But you're about sharing what you have. Right. So if it's not if the venue if the performance itself doesn't deliver for what you have, that's yeah. not worth it. So again, it's about it's, I, I think it's it's about it's about supply and demand at this point. That's how I operate as an artist. But as a person, you know, supply and demand of your own life. Yeah. You know, don't don't look at supply and demand of the quote-unquote music industry, uh, no. the Instagram algorithm, right, right, algorithm right. the hashtags and right. this and that. Right, right. You know, I hashtag the crap out of things because I want <laughs> yeah. people to see it. And some days I feel icky about it, and some days I'm like, hey, I want to hashtag because I'm cool about it, you know? Yeah, but see, you I'm know, terrible. But like, if I just stop to pay attention, you know, if I just stop to pay attention to what I'm doing, like what's the supply and demand here of high of the studio corner, of, hmm. of the reasoning, you know, of like what am I actually doing here? I think yeah. very, very different choices will be made. Hashtags are so intense. I never use them. Everybody gives me so much like slack for that. They're just like, you got it. You got to Just do it. Like, jump on the train. I hear there's a whole thing about hashtags. And I've, I've you go through my posts, there's tons of hashtags. Yeah. And I'll probably still continue to try them, this and yeah. that. But I don't know if I'm actually getting anything out of I don't know. I remember one time. I don't time, actually know enough about this. <laughs> I, do, I used to just make up fake ones all the time. And I think the most response I ever had was when I just, and again, this was a post about, I think it was a, 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 like a, a post I, I did a like a write-up for for a, a gear like a gear magazine interviewed me and asked about some gear like 10 of my favorite piece of gear or something and um a friend took some photos and i posted one of those photos i just did like hashtag bagels and i got like so many cafes following me and <laughs> well, so hitting that's me the whole up thing, and, like right like you post a general oh, oh yeah hashtag that everyone knows and i'm like podcast hashtag <laughs> podcast like but, who gives a shit but i'll put like music or other i remember i tried a few but bagels out, got but you. bagels was i mean if you want to know where some cafes are locally and internationally hashtag bagels guys it's the move honestly <laughs> it's the move everyone go on a post right now but hashtag get bagels. your schmear <laughs> but so so i like this because you know you you have inspiration you know you have your overarching concept then you have to conceptualize it you hone in the medium mm -hmm. and you you decide how you're going to communicate this right mm -hmm. but in the process is like as you start to step into a, a little physical expression mm -hmm. of this overarching idea, right? This medium. How do you not lose sight of the inspiration? How do you not lose sight of what you're getting at? Because it's very easy to take something, put it on paper, create a medium, and then lose the kind of that deeper feeling which puts you there. Mm -hmm. You know, it becomes too structured. How do you not lose sight of something so just out of our control? There's a couple of things that come immediately to mind. One of them is giving it space. Hmm. Um, I think there is a value to giving yourself an ear, ear break if you have timelines that allow for that, hmm. which I, I have to. Um, most of my sessions when I when I used to produce full time were five hour max. It's still um, a long. It's, it's a long time, yeah. but you you know for sure you're going to spend about the the bookend conversations and then you're creating for the three hours and then you're going to probably take like a half hour. like it's yeah it's it's reasonable nobody's burning out um it's worth everyone's time but i i think that you we've all done it 
in whatever you do where you've made a thing and you just spend the entire night tweaking that one thing and then you listen the next day and you push it you listen the next day you push it and then you take three days off and you come back and you're like that first version was on point why did i just go back through all that other stuff and i think distance is clarity in that aspect rick um, rubin talks a lot about that yeah, yeah. i i think that is 100 percent. i i can agree um that just you know you you gotta you you can't just swim all day without taking a break and i think you're gonna you're gonna drown it's it's that obvious and that's how i am like my my mind is just i your ears are exhausted everything is just exhausted yeah. and um yeah really really taking a break and looking around and 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 knowing so that's the, the one side is just taking some time away and coming back and saying does this still vibe um the other thing too is is having a network um of people if you uh, around you that will that can hear and understand the process of what's happening interesting um, there's friends i have where i can play them a track when it's in its early phases and see if even in an early phase it has some return and i won't scrap it if not it's just a matter of this is the the the, the basic demo of this track is it connecting at all it's like you know it's like a screening you know um and and that's a thing but but you have to make sure that these are other creatives or people who understand this isn't finished they understand that this is be careful with who you share with. correct yeah. uh it's I, a very i'm curated an advocate group of, of that people. yeah and <laughs> and so i i really don't do that anymore as often um because it, now i i don't really feel the need as much now that when i do my artist stuff solo stuff i don't really worry about it as much yeah uh, but when i was working with other artists and um we had teams that's a thing um you know where the the artist and i'll be like this feels good and then we play it for a manager we play it for a label or we play it for someone else and and then there's now a whole another flux of of opinions that need to be incorporated that can be exhausting um but also it can be constructive and and a big part of collaboration is you know when and where you choose to compromise and how much are you compromising of that initial vision and if you feel like that initial vision is being compromised too much for stylistic choice that's when i immediately put the line down hmm. i don't care about style i care about the message that the message needs to take priority over the style yeah that's and that's that's something you'll experience very much so with uh mainstream producing percent it's like, I, oh, it's got to be that we want to do a summer hit song with the upbeat, you know, driving in your car down, mm -hmm. you know. It's like, all right, well, we're not fucking writing that song. Right. Like, but it needs to be. All right, well, I'm done here. You know, I, yeah. I like that. I think I think style itself, like, genre, not even genre, but the style, the, the vibe itself of the music should be the first red flag. <laughs> like, if, if you're not vibing with something with how you're feeling, like, that should be a red flag. 
Like you can change up yeah. the song, you can re yeah. recompose it, restructure it, and all this stuff. But if it's like if you started off like at this like soft, you know, kind of deeper tones, heavier synths, slow, maybe a, a light snare in the background to like a freaking eight oh eight, you know, and a hi hat going. Gah, 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 gah. I mean, something went wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, and and sometimes that can be part of everything. But again, it, it all comes back to that vision, yeah. that initial moment of hey, this is what I'm trying to say this does not feel good and, and I think I've always had a big debate and, and part of the thing I remember hitting on last time is the difference between style and songwriting and not getting so wrapped up in the style but also being aware of it as you go and that's why part of what I do is you know once I have the narrative then it's about how do I want this to make people move how does that physically make you move how do we you know get tones that 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 also feel emotionally like we're moving in that direction and it's that marriage i think that's what style is hmm. for me is is sort of finding the marriage between um the rhythmic elements and everything else because I, I i really believe that that beat dictates genre most of the time um sure yeah. yeah and how it makes you move is sort of what that is physically and then i mean it did before electronic music i mean rhythm literally dictated yeah. everything yeah and i mean even swing everything right you know, yeah the where all the famous dances yep. uh, <laughs> all I mean, those, yeah you know what i'm talking the, about blakey like yep. you know uh the salsa the tango like all the stuff yep yeah there's Bossa scales Nova. that go with it but it's all the rhythm right the, the mm -hmm. beat of it yeah so I, I think knowing that too, it, you don't want to pull style out of the equation. It is important to incorporate mm. early on. Yeah. Um, but where you, how far you let that take over, everything else is, is a big is a big sort of thing to be aware of. So I, I like I like what you're saying because it kind of leads into the idea of the actual take action. You know, take mm -hmm. action, sit down, create it, mm -hmm. play it. You know, get your hands dirty, start working on the different you know pieces of it so how to, so in the creative process like you have to have a mindset to create you have mm -hmm. to have certain disciplines that are different than other ones you know how do you stay so how do you stay free with the creative process without losing sight of why you're making this okay how yeah. do you not how do you not trap yourself in your own walls of i'm trying to say this i would say that if i had to classify myself as an actor if i was to compare i would be a method actor okay as a producer so Funny, i had a famous actress on here who get talked a lot of shit about method actors right <laughs> okay. right uh, and i think that that's that's the thing that's really heavy but i think that i my point is if i know that i'm writing about this thing um i need to think that intention while i'm performing and while i'm finding tones and while i'm while i'm mm. while i'm sourcing um and i think you know a current record that i'm working on um is all about patience for example and the different aspects of things in my life that are very challenging to be patient for uh and and the idea of time and relativity in that sense and um there's there's something to be said for when i'm particularly with a couple of these tracks the way that i use time and patience to create rhythms for example i'm embodying wow. the thing that i'm trying to convey and that's really helpful to me both in like once you've sometimes the medium you think is the most effective doesn't work hmm. so what do you do when the thing that's most effective just doesn't sound right um for me i'm very lucky that i play a lot of different instruments enough i've learned them all enough to get my ideas out and use them as a source 
of stylistic inspiration. Hmm. So I'm definitely not a shredder, but um, I really have taken time to learn each one so that if I'm burning out on drums, I can switch to piano. If I'm burning out on piano, I can switch to guitar. And if all those fail, or sometimes just right from the get-go, I use the vocals. Vocals are the move. Yeah. Let's get some. Let's get some choral vibes going. Let's, and I'm I'm very lucky to have that amount of tools, to work from in that aspect. So, so the freedom almost comes from like your physical action. Like stay free by moving. You know, don't don't stay so, don't get stuck on one sound. Yeah, it's and I mean again sometimes like you, if you're a singer songwriter and you're everything's based around guitar, um, that's really important obviously uh and and you know when i when i think of of some acoustic records that i've heard where they still found a way to make it really immersive and really beautiful yeah um but uh not you know they they, they you could tell that that just the guitar by itself what wasn't it clearly wasn't enough mm-hmm. and they needed to uh they needed to dig in yeah. and and i love hearing that you know i think uh T-Bone Burnett is the king of that that producer um he's crazy good um, t-bone burnett yeah he's Let's done all kinds of stuff yeah if you you, you know like robert plant's last mm-hmm. record he did he won the, the country record he did where he won all the so still confusing to me but yeah that that the, if you listen to the production <laughs> yeah. on that record forget about everything else yeah listen to that production, production. just close your eyes and just think about intention and listen to every one of those songs and tell me how how well that was oh, done. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah, that's I'm like excited. those are those are moments where you're like, okay, we've we've achieved things. Well, um, and and I think you know, Nigel, uh, Nigel Godrick's another example of someone. He produced all Radiohead's records. Oh wow, uh, he's produced Paul McCartney. He's produced like a ton of records oh, f- with with people that are really. Um, and you can hear like he has a he has a little bit of a stamp, but also he has a way of creating these atmospheres that when there's intimacy, like, you know, what's being said right now is extremely tender because you will know when it like he just he he can he can make them active. It's it's an active listening experience with every one wow. of those records because of the mixing, because of the choice of mediums and and taking that time and that finesse and you can tell like the, the he's having fun exploring all these concepts that the artist is clearly like they have such a shared well that's the thing though it's like in order to do that you have to stay in such a free state of mind to just explore but you also have to be so grounded in the why or the you know what you know that first initial overarching theme right yeah but i don't know for me it it seems like and maybe it's just me maybe no one else has this problem mm-hmm. but being able to you know, not build these walls that say, hey, hi, this is exactly why you're doing the record. This is exactly why you're doing it. This is your reason why creating this box. Hmm. But like you don't, you want to stay free. You want to create it. Like you'll be able to pick up all the different instruments to find out what makes that sound. Yeah. But without losing this this theme, like is there is there a balance? Is there a, a mantra? Is there a reminder? Because shit, if I pick up a guitar and then decide to go play a saxophone, that's yeah. going to be, I mean, I could totally changed my entire mood of life and, well that and, and sometimes that 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 is the, the move i think i think that the idea is not to overthink <laughs> um it, it's about feeling and 
you when you found the right sound and you found the right tone and it resonates run with it um i think the idea that the danger of of going and, and kind of like what took me a while to rein in is like yeah you do have all these options all the time and so you're never really satisfied with like you always feel like there's something better you could be doing yeah which is a huge problem i think that's what you're getting at well yeah so it's like you know the idea of drafts like you know you have the first draft the second draft and you keep going and it's like how do you how do you one how do you know Mm. or how do you feel properly about the right one you know not the perfect one but the right one and even then how do you not hold on too tight to a certain one, you know, because I mean, discouragement comes in both because right. discouragement is going to be at this point in the process of creating a project, the actual creation, deciding when it, what's good enough is the most discouraged, one of the most discouraging factors because our brain's like, Hey, no, that was the right one. Oh, it's not good enough. Keep making, Oh, but well, you could make it bigger. But what if you make it bigger? It's not going to say this, but if you do this, you know, all these drafts, all this overthinking, like you're yeah. saying, you know, Fighting through this discouragement, don't let that get in your way, but also keeping it open-ended and not holding on too tight to things. I, uh, for me, the answer—you need a timeline. You need time. a timeline. Okay. I think time is the secret there because if you have open-ended timeline, we're never—it's never gonna happen. You're never gonna get it. I think if you know that you wow. have to deliver this thing in X amount of time, uh, even if it's self-imposed, be really strict with that. Like you have to convey this thing as best as you possibly can in this amount of time and if you don't you throw it aside because it's clearly not something that's happening easily it's clearly not something that your tools are really effectively conveying so move on um i, I think it's easy to get wrapped up and be stubborn about it because you yeah. really like the idea but sometimes it's your song it's, it's the important one it's this it's big on a pedestal you yeah know? and I've, I've again the, the the thing that i always go back to is is uh you know, creative choices, artistic choices should hold no intrinsic value. It's just a thing you just thought of right now at this moment. Don't don't be so connected to it that you literally drive yourself insane and, 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 and angry because you can't find a way to use this thing that you just created in 35 seconds. Like it's not. Uh, and, and, and the cool thing is with technology now and with the fact that we all get to do this ourselves, you can come back to it years from now and you're like, oh, now I know what to do. And you yeah. have that option. So well, look at Tool. I mean, yeah, Tool just released exactly. their album, and uh, the last song, "Tempest," that riff was written, I think, the, for their first album, mm-hmm. like twenty years ago. Yeah, over twenty years ago, and they finally found a place for it. Yeah, I mean, and those guys are, are a prime example of of guys who just really had a hard time accepting a lot of the changes and things yeah. around them, and and they were, you know, they have a, they have the luxury of doing that. I mean, they're tool. They're they get tool. to do that, right? That, that, that became kind of their thing, right? right? So when they did release, it was like, I mean, they they beat still records being released by pop artists aren't coming close to what tool did, right? With twenty year old albums, it worked for them. It worked for them. You know, don't use I, tools example. Though. But no, but that's but I think the point is is that like they still it 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 was a long game. You could argue what they did. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Yes. You know what I mean? It was Subtly. like, a, yeah. And then it, it now, of course, you know, you, you want what you can't have. And then uh, you only get to do that one time. And they did it. And now they can just release things when they want to. Well, what's crazy is also, I mean, even look at the length of their songs, right? Mm-hmm. With 13 years to release seven tracks. Yeah, they're 10, 15 minutes long each, but it's seven tracks. And then there's all these articles about how the songs weren't ready. The guitar player, Adam Jones, had legitimate anxiety mm-hmm. over not playing it well enough. And it's like, exactly what you're talking about like holding on and they produced an absolutely genius album in my opinion yeah but like outside of that if you break down take away the the level of music they created and just talk about the process like 13 years of literal torture 
imagine what those guys could have done if they, you know, and like I said, I'm not going to take anything away from them. They obviously are playing at the top level and know what they're doing. I'm the biggest fan. Of course. But there's also in my head, like, I can't help but wonder what if they did let go? What if they kept things a little open and just said, hey, this is our timeline. We're going to do this. We're a tool. We don't have to listen to anybody else, but we're going to listen to ourselves, right? And also to, to keep in mind, you're, you, that's, a, that's a rare thing for someone to say. Someone who's curious about your struggle Someone yeah. who's concerned about your struggle as an artist. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. like somebody else being like, man, I wonder what that guy really went through to make that record. Like it's a very rare thing to hear from people because most people just hear the product. They have no idea what went into it. Oh, yeah. Well, and, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a torturous process. You but know? no one cares. No one, uh, not the people that they should. No, and they don't not have to. Not that they to. should. They don't have to. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the that's the part of it that there's a, there's a, I believe that that's where the entitlement comes from. Because you've been so tortured and because you've done all these things and you've had all these projections and you've spent all this thing and it's so wow. personal, and it's so creative, and then you put it out there and you don't get what you deserve. It's not getting much attention <laughs> and that's terrible and no one cares, no one, it, because the reality is, yeah, you know, I, I do know that, yes, like I see more connection i see positivity when i release more frequently that's great but how do i do that in a way where i maintain my integrity i maintain my meaning i maintain my intention and i have a clear vision of what i'm trying to say yeah very that's a that's an impressive point of view that's a impressive way to live your life uh it's because we're very much fear a lot of fear that comes with that mm -hmm. you know what if i get lost what if i don't yeah. become something this does work to give me this certain outcome but my person is falling apart you right know? yeah and finding that balance for you is... but but also like what you said i think it's very important like yes we go through a lot to create beautiful works of art mm -hmm. we go through a lot it's torturous there's a lot of things but once you release it you don't you didn't release you didn't write you didn't work so hard you did not release that so people could listen to that and say wow adam must have went through so much crap to get this done right you know you release it so they could listen to it and have their own experience yeah so i, I think anybody that releases in like you know it's okay to get discouraged like everyone goes through it totally work through it yeah. but don't don't release and don't put your stuff out don't share to to immediate to get uh this like sense of appreciation because you're a victim of your own freaking choices <laughs> like get over it you made this for someone else to experience let them experience it yeah you know, dave Grohl always said yeah. you know he said my favorite part about playing a show is i can sing one lyric to eighty five thousand people and they all sing the same lyric back and every one of them has a different meaning mm -hmm. like that's the point isn't it yeah like we don't like I'm not gonna even worry about Dave Grohl when he sings uh, you know my hero right like I'm sure he has a hero or an old pretender like what what was he talking about like what <laughs> yeah. does that mean to me like yeah. I'm listening to it, right right and I'm sure that's what he would want right <laughs> so yeah I, I think that's a uh, sorry I, I want I like capitalizing on that because I think that's uh, I mean even I I fall victim to that for sure oh yeah I don't I, every artist there's like a part of you whether you're gonna say it out loud or not that's like you know anybody who's like yeah I just went through all this I don't care. Of course you care. You're connected mm -hmm. to it. You want to you want to see it connect with people. You want people to validate this thing and validate you and your struggles as a human being. That's what it's all about. That is what the connection is. Yeah. Like I've been through this and you're going through something and we both this helps us both. Like that's the best. That's the greatest thing ever. That's amazing. And yeah. and and that really is the the uh one of the the most beautiful aspects of doing it for me.
I love that. Yeah. So when you step in, so when you stepped into the studio to, uh, you know, create it, creating is done. Now mm-hmm. it's time to record this. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously you have to turn that side off. Like mm-hmm. not, not necessarily turn it off, but you have to be able to, you know, capture them as Quincy Jones said, capture the moment, not, mm-hmm. you know, not the perfect take. Um, but you still have to do it right. Yeah. You have to you have to capture it. You, you know now you have actual timelines. You have to set these timelines. Like the work ethic totally changes. The mindset totally changes. The disciplines totally change. Yeah. So, what is the almost like the switch or the knob that you turn? Like what is what are the specific things that need to change mentally, emotionally? I mean, maybe it's not that they need to change. Maybe it's just uh you know remembering your original inspiration and getting to work. Because that that's a it's a huge step, hmm. but the right next to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Create, get the you know, get to this wonderful place, and then track it, right? And yeah. then basically bury it into the ground. You never want to hear it again because you've done it so much, right? But, I mean, I I make most of what I do is live sampled electronic music, so uh, it's kind of a cheat. It's a cheat. You're recording as you create, kind of. We, well. Yeah, and also I only need to get it right for like four bars, because <laughs> then I can it. loop it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's that's part of it. But I do a lot of stuff where I perform from start to finish, bass lines and vocal lines and things like that. Obviously, you know. But but yeah, a, a lot of it is sample based because I love the feel of that and it just it, it resonates with me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that that that's where it's. The, the the main thing that I the reason I went back to doing solo work full time is because of connection, right? And being connected to every aspect of the process and at the end of the day the product at the end being purely expression that's my expression is something that I, I really never gave myself an opportunity to do full time. Wow. And I really want to explore that for a while and really like not allow myself to deviate too far and go off and take on a bunch of other projects that are safe. Which um, is so easy to do. Which is, yeah, and it's cool. And, and trust me, like it's not out of that. But I, I've, I've set myself up in a situation where I do have um, the ability to do that now. And I'm seeing great growth and I'm seeing all that stuff. But I, but the point is like each aspect of it is fun but also sets up different challenges and with the actual recording phase um i'm recording myself most of the time but now i've begun to delegate certain portions of it for example live drum recording um and even just samples recording like snares and hi-hats i go to another studio now because i've learned that the time I spend just being an artist and not being an engineer and a producer, it's three different hats you're wearing at the same time hmm. when you're home recording that most people don't really think about. Because yeah. you're producing, you're making sure it's the best performance and you're making sure that vision is coming truth. And you're also making sure that the recording levels are perfectly set. <sighs> and you're also performing it at the same time. Oh my God, yes, I know. It's yes. gnarly, right? Yes. And so figuring out like when you can delegate those things Oh man, what a treat! And and I think having fallbacks, for example, uh, running—you know—I I use a synth where I record audio from it and the MIDI. So in the event where there's a missed note, but everything else about the performance is perfect, I can run that through the same thing 
and it'll come back but this time it'll be perfect because i can just move that one note wow so having a, a, a workflow set up that that makes room for errors while still maintaining the feel and the sort of warmth of that initial raw performance is really important I so think. setting so recording the actual part of the you know making this project we get to the recording like the most important thing is setting yourself up for i mean for execution in the most comfortable manner yeah and this isn't the same as if i was producing for other people which i can get into but if you're doing this alone if you're well, most people are doing it alone if these you're days, sitting in a room by yourself you have to remember that you are wearing a lot of hats simultaneously and and if there's a way you can change your workflow and your signal flow and your signal chains to allow you to work more freely without stressing about perfection man that's a big deal so i found a setup that allows me to do that for what i do and 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 the live drumming was the biggest stress because i can't do that and watch the meters and all that and you know what the investment i spend to just do that outside yes of course yeah of course Worth i will it. do that yeah. and i'm going to do it this weekend and i can't wait you know yeah. and and it's going to be amazing i have the, the tracks lined up and i'm ready to go in and and, and they're raw and I, I don't know exactly what's going to come out with a lot of them i have rough ideas i know the intentions yeah um but the recording i i do have somebody who's going to be working on a console and just there to watch everything and set it yeah. all up and um that's you know it, it, i think in the, in the recording like definitely don't be afraid to invest in stress-free efficiency because um, i think yeah. you know, there's like a lot of things uh, that people say like the best investments you can make are ones that are in time um was something i remember reading somewhere and it was perfect because it's so true there's little things you know for example i don't have a washer and dryer where i live right i don't have access to one on the property yeah so i could go and i could go spend five dollars and go sit in a laundromat or i could invest an extra ten dollars twenty dollars every couple of weeks and have somebody do fluff and fold it's not a laziness if there was one in my house of course i'd be doing it there yeah my point is like and this is a very bougie example but i literally it it I've invest. I've saved myself four hours on my days off to go do things that I really want to be doing. I I don't think that's bougie at all. I think that's just smart. And I yeah. And I think that it's like I, one of those. I find hacks like that all the time. And and it, I'm I, again. I, I'm I am privileged. I'm in a position where I, I do live well with my means. And um, well, you're in a, you're you're fam you're successful producer you've made great music <laughs> you, you've, you've 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 lived uh enough life as a producer as a musical person to sit down and share this incredible stuff so so yeah i think that there's there's an aspect to me where where yeah like i i'm i'm i am um I, when i find opportunities to invest in more time for myself without um feeling like there's an integrity knockoff um, yeah, I, I will. And I think this is one of those examples where, you know, the time I'm going to spend editing and bouncing out and organizing somebody else, like I will happily pay somebody else to do that. And then when I go in, I'm just an artist. And and that's the thing that gets lost in home recording. Oh, man, I, I, I'm very happy you're saying this. Yeah, it, you, you forget to be an artist. You're just so focused on the style and the sound and the performance. And you're so focused on being a producer and an artist and an engineer. It, you, you, the, the process is no longer enjoyable. 
and it becomes stressful because yeah and 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 that's why for me it was stressful because i realized i'm like i'm three people at the same time this is a nightmare i don't want to be that guy and you know um i've been lucky to work on projects where i was an actual just a producer somebody else is running everything and i get to just make sure the performances and i can listen to every detail and not have to watch meters yeah that's like just because producers are that they're there to maintain that narrative yeah wow and that shared vision and the engineers are there to make sure that it is as clear and efficient as possible so if anything changes at any point everybody's got perfect signal yeah and they also are massive ears for things that you might have missed hey there's actually a thing here it's like it's like a they're your second in command engineers are like legendary just and as another level they're like right there with the most integral like and and producers are there and and the engineer and producer like they are you know if producers right there and that's sort of the main like this is your that's your first mate like this yeah. dude is this 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 person without right? him without that person yeah oh, and i mean there's been i mean and, it, and it's amazing like i've worked with so many uh different male and female engineers who are just like they're so uniquely brilliant yeah um and uh it's a treat it really is like just uh, they they bring so much it's like having another talented musician in the another artist in the room that like and it's it's again it's one of those things that that gets sort of push pushed away and i i mean i i do everything i do my own mixing which i probably should not it works for me i'm very picky and weird that's actually the one thing i don't do in here yeah i do everything except mix yeah and that's good i don't master but i mix it uh, as I record it and I set up my signal chain to do that because I've just realized that I'm way too specific and I've yeah. crossed that barrier now <laughs> where like it's not I'm just like a backseat engineer to whoever's doing I'm just like can you just uh it's like just get out of here sir uh, but I hope someday that I'm you know there's somebody that I'd meet there that that like knows how to mix what you want yeah they know they they not only that but they they will enhance like like with my own yeah. solo stuff. Every, I've had engineers that mix. They're way like, so far ahead of where I'm at. But it's I think with my solo, I'm just so specific. It's, yeah, it's no, funny. I feel you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's raining it in here. Um, <laughs> raining it all in here. This I, is all good information. This yeah. is I mean, this is it's all about. Like, I wanted to talk about projects yeah. start to finish, and this is I think people will overestimate will underestimate the recording side of things because right. they're too busy worried about perfecting and work ethic. That's fair. Yeah. Because the recording is like, yes, you have to get, you can't just mess up all the time. Sure. Right. And yeah, it's a lot more. You're not sitting there writing the song there to show up. And I'm very strict on recording. Like you show up, you do your part, you mm-hmm. get it in a certain amount of takes, but there's also the side of like, you don't have to take on the, you don't have to put it on this like giant mountain that you have to climb. Right. You know, like I get it. Like I do everything on my own. It's freaking hard. It's really hard. I mean, the most difficult part of it is being able to <clears throat> set up the session, get the levels right, screen share on my laptop, go into the back room, put my laptop on a music stand, have six mics around me, play an acoustic part with emotion, right. quietness, and right. sensitivity, start to finish. Because I don't, I don't cut and paste. I, right. I'm like, if I'm capturing a moment, I'm playing the song, start to finish. Yeah. And get that in like three or four takes. The amount of roles you have to play from in just that process alone and then go back and be the judge like, hmm, I've been playing for 20 years. I approve of that. No, yeah. it's your own music. Like it's, you know, it's, 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 it's incredibly difficult. So I think, yes, there's a giant mountain we build, we, we look at to climb. But I think what you're talking about is 
you don't have to do it if you if it's really taking that kind of toll well i think there's and and i so i don't have an engineer that works with me directly until i do a consult i do a mixed consult before i go to mastering and it's usually by the mastering engineer hmm. who comes in and says okay it's a separate session where we sit down and we listen to everything and he's like here are things that are going to make my job slightly more difficult if there's a way you can iron those out or there's a way we can go in and and fix those here uh pre before the post that would be amazing yeah um so that aspect is great if if um if you have that kind of relationship where you can you know and I, i'm always happy to compensate for that as well, of course obviously yeah. because it's invaluable this person who's now going to make it perfect like what are the things that if you were going to just master of a sense to you right now you'd be like uh and i remember this record uh that i said it was the first time where i i did a console mix and he turned around and he's like i got nothing and wow. i was like whoa you're like yes i, I mean because it's it's like uh, definitely more than anything else mixing has always been the most challenging thing and 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 the reason it was different was because instead of investing in a lot of other things, for example, PR, all those things in the past, I put that into the same amount of money I put into a signal chain and I upgraded everything big time. New mics, new pre's, everything set up. And it is, it cut my post production. I am doing things in a third of the amount of time because I don't spend any time mixing anymore. My dad uh, always tells me, he's like, I'm not rich enough to buy cheap things. And the I whole point that. is like, I love that. he's like, if you buy something that's cheap and not less like not mon like money wise cheap, right. but something that's not good, like not good quality, is like it will break down, it will stop working, it will not deliver the best product, and eventually you will have to upgrade it, and then you'll have to upgrade that, then you'll have to upgrade that. Yeah, you gotta do your research. You gotta yeah. do your research out there. Sometimes like, and and uh, the thing Pro Audio in particular, uh, the studio I work with a lot, Pro LA, they do consults, uh, where I, and demos. So when I was getting my pre's, like they, I took a box home and I tried all of the different preamps and the ones that I blind, I blind tested it. Yeah. And the ones that I, that were the most like well marketed, the most expensive, were on the bottom of your list. Definitely, dude. I got focus rights all over my studio. <laughs> That's it. They're not considered the best at all by any means. But it but works for what you're doing. They're they're perfect. They're clean. I can put anything I want to them. Done. I choose them over like half the freaking crap out there. Done. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about it. But I, I think what what your dad's getting at, which is brilliant, is just do your research. Man. Yeah. Don't just don't just take the cheap way out. It's it's never the move. But yeah, if you know what it is you're trying to achieve, um, find the best tool for it. Yeah. I was really bad about that early on. I would just go get the most expensive version or like whatever was just there or just a version, and you just end up regretting it. He's totally right. You just look back. You're like, why did I buy that thing? Like that yeah. was so over the top. Know what? Yeah, know what? Know what you want. Know what you? Yeah. There's so much. Re there's so many resources too now. Yeah. You have no excuse not to research. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even just uh, what this can do. It's literal videos and sound. Unbelievable. Bites of what it does. Yeah. And 500 people that are like, this is going to break in six months. <laughs> so, uh, I was dealing with some with some fuzz on this synth recently, uh, and I realized after going through form after form, this is this is the thing with. I don't know the exact statistic, but the bulk of these models have this noise yeah. that's in it. And it's so irritating, especially, you know, on the low end. But then I just add an EQ to it and all of the fuzz went away and it's perfect. Yeah. But everybody was like, yep, nope. And it's like, sometimes I just want to know that I'm not alone. 
Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I want to know that I'm not losing my mind. And I didn't break this gear because I like did something. Well, because sometimes you feel like maybe I'm not good enough to <laughs> have this gear. This, maybe this is the wrong cable. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like that's where I, I feel like I get humbled so many times because there's like in so many ways I've, I have evolved but in so many other again it's that technique aspect there's yeah. so many techniques I never learned that actually would have just cut so much time out of what I'm doing so there's like a it's like a pro and con to everything but that's why you surround yourself with people who know I had a I had a guest his name is Nico Frank he came on the show mm-hmm. and he said something that I, I absolutely loved he talked about uh, you know technique and creativity it's like climbing two ladders like right foot and right leg are on this ladder left foot and left leg are on this ladder and you know if this is creativity and this is technique like you take a creative, you know, until you need to get your technique back up. And That's it's like, awesome. you have to climb up with both, you know, both hands and both legs. I love that. You know, he obviously said it much more eloquently, but, uh, I love that example. Cause like, that's totally right. Yeah. You know, if at any point, like you can't go any higher cause you've capped out on your creativity or whatever, you know, that you can't go anymore cause your technique is too down here. You stop and you get your technique back up. Brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was phenomenal. Brilliant. Um, so We've got our project. We're working through. We record it, and I'm excited to ask you this because you you have such a different approach, such a different approach on this project release. Mm. So I'm I'm talking like artwork, design, presentation to uh, how you release it to you know. Let's talk about artwork and design first. I want to know the presentation factor behind a musical piece, or you know, right. it's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. How important is the artwork for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a logo? Do you have a brand, or do you have just an image that you like? What does it say? What I mean, what does all that mean to you? So, artwork is really important to me. Um, I've been really lucky uh, for my album artwork. I've worked with two artists. Um, the first one is my friend John, uh, John Marsh, and he's a really, really talented graphic designer, and somebody who is also very much like a, a tortured artist and makes music and, and all these things and, and uh, he's creative through and through and somebody who will like needs a concept to work out so if, if I don't have a clear narrative and visualization of what I want he can't do what he does at all um, and I then uh, recently I started working with another really good friend of mine uh, Jesse James Dickinson and he uh, to give you an example of how this works this release uh, we used to I used to just kind of tell him like hey here's what this is about and then he would give me a thing and then we noticed that the first round wasn't really meshing enough so with this one it was let's sit down let's meet and have a whole conversation about the depth of it and I remember we were we were out um, we just went out to some bar having a drink and and he says you know so you know what what's the concept and I explained I was like it's basically I want the artwork to reflect a struggle like when you look at it the details you you, you see struggle like close but when you pull back it looks like something just absolutely beautiful wow wow and what a beautiful way to put that and he goes all right rivers from space Rivers from space? Rivers from space. Shots of rivers from space. Holy crap. Brilliant. Yeah. So the artwork is just image after image after image of rivers from space stacked and contorted and destroyed and manipulated. Um, and, And he drew these two lines, which are, you can take that how you want to. I know exactly what those are. And for him, it was... 
he told that that same story of that record through that artwork is a perfect reflection to people he has his visualization of it and just took my concept and made it his own and it was brilliant and the, the, he's somebody that i he's just you know he's a professional creative director yeah so this is somebody who just and and i didn't realize it this is what was hilarious is i said thank you so much for this like brilliant he goes you creative directed it and i was like wait i did that's insane wow. he's like you were yeah he's like that's you just literally were a creative director for your own project so when you're going out and getting these things done that's another hat you're gonna wear now you're gonna be a creative director for yourself so i never had um like a, a logo I, I, I there was never anything that resonated i think part of it is that the name itself is my first initial and my last name yeah so it, it i don't know that it needs any other symbol it is a symbol in its own so i didn't really need any like symbolic representation of it hmm. for myself but um I, there's like a <laughs> there's a a font that i use for everything for sure yeah you know and, and well I, typography is like might as well be logos at this point yeah typography is yeah. So, man that i that i definitely so in depth resonate you know so in depth um and i you know I, that that was really something and, and I, the, the font i use is in consolata it just it just feels appropriate it feels it's just <laughs> equal parts beautiful but also kind of sad at the yeah. same time i was like that's perfect it vibes with you yeah that's the like, one that's it it's just it's like damn it's funny the name of a font i mean became it's all important it's, yeah it, it is you it's, know it's just this, this rabbit hole of like, you never think about it what yeah. they actually mean wow you know that's so cool courier oh my god Think about Abs it. Absolutely wild. You know what I mean? That cracks me up. Yeah. So artwork. Uh, yeah. Artwork's huge. Mm -hmm. um, I think there should be a vibe. I think you should definitely what have it, a vibe. What is, what's your opinion on uh, when people just put a cool picture of them, of the artist? Oh, on the cover? Yeah. I mean, if that, if that resonates with you, absolutely. I, I think I've, I go, I, I don't love, like I, for my stuff, I really enjoy keeping it more about the experience of the music than about me as a human being. But like, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I think I appreciate when the artist is on the cover or even bands, yeah. if it was a concept album of like, you know, like take Quadrophenia by the who, like okay. that's all concepts about the band, things they went through. Right. You know, I don't actually remember the freaking cover, but like, I think about something like that. Like if they put, if they just put a picture of like their faces, right. Like I would, I'd vibe with that. Right. You know, um, like John Mayer does it a lot. John Mayer's yeah. song, John Mayer's that covers are him, mm -hmm. which is totally on point for me. Because when you listen to John Mayer's songs, whether they're it's a concept album or not, like he's writing very much from John Mayer's experience, John Mayer's yeah. life, John Mayer's like you know trials. But then there's songs that are just about things that are not necessarily like, yeah, they went through that, but they're not trying to say, hey, I went through this. They're trying to say, hey, this is right. what's going on. Right. So I think I think the artwork or the photograph or whatever you choose for me as a listener has always been super important. It's like, all right, why is this the cover of your album? Hmm. Why yeah. is this the cover of your single? Yeah. Not that it has to be this incredible piece. It could literally be a black you know, square. Yeah. If it's, if it's, I mean, it, once again, coming down to intent, but I think also with John Mayer, particularly with storytelling, oh, songwriting, yeah. I think it's almost necessary to kind of have yourself on the cover with, a you lot have of to it be your own face because it, it is genuine stories. Uh, you know, I think I, my mine's very vague. My lyrics are very vague. <laughs> 
uh, which it, it's, you know, for me, it, it, I, I love that because I think there's more, I know exactly what I'm saying, but I like that there's a lot of meaning that can be taken from it in different aspects and can be applied to a lot. Of, I, I, I like keeping it a little bit gen general, but on some songs it is very specific, but as a whole, like my concepts are based around more theories than about me. Which invites different artwork, of yeah, course. Yeah, and I think it's about like overall uh, concepts and, ex and experiences rather than being about like actual, like me, you know, I'm, I'm not writing a song about me going to a cafe. Yeah, you know, and, and but, it, but I think that's the difference of, of what I do and, and the genre I work in. And I think a lot of the artists I work with, they do need to be on the covers. Um, and the ones that uh, where, where we went that other direction, uh, a lot of the fans were, were they, they weren't like that. But it was like, what? Like, where are you? I want to see your face. Like a lot of people are there to they, they want that connection. Yeah. You know, yeah. Speaking of that tool, I saw them the other day. Yeah. And, uh, How's that? Maynard doesn't come into the light at all hmm. the entire show yeah which I thought was funny because like I kind of want to see you Maynard yeah <laughs> anyway but no I, I I like that I think I think that's something very 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 important to pay attention to because yeah. that is nothing worse than listening to like something great and then you look at the artwork like huh like that doesn't that work. doesn't reflect it at all and like yeah. you don't have to be an art critic to figure that out like we're people we vibe with yeah everything that's created in front of us like, you know everything yeah. we feel so I, I like it. I like it. I like that rivers from space. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun story for sure. That's deep. <laughs> like wow, that guy completely nailed it very quickly. Like it was insane. So, so now you got your package deal. You got mm -hmm. your you got your recordings. You got them in order. You got the package. So when you go to release, um, you made the choice to release an EP, but you're releasing it single by single. I'm doing two singles and then the rest will come out together. So what's the, what's the intent behind the releasing? Like why, like what, what's the intent of releasing a single to an EP, to an album? Like what's for you, I mean, this in general, because you, you've had enough experience in the industry to understand that whole idea of releasing a single to an EP or an album, this and that. I mean, well, at least for your personal experience, what, why, why go that route? Why not just release 10 songs? So... Yeah, I I think a lot of it just comes from honoring the work you put in. Hmm. I think that is the way of of sort of no one else cares about the struggle, but at least you can spend time giving a couple songs at least a a focus and yeah. give people time to digest that and then digest a little bit more and then listen to how they blend together um i like bodies of work because i am someone that that really loves sort of capturing this meaningful th concept in my life at this time this is like a snapshot of, of where i was yeah so that this you know i had four or five six songs maybe is like six songs is like my cap for like an EP. Um, you know, there might be a day where I, I do an album a full length, but I, I feel like EPs are like just enough to where it's still an experience without me feeling pressure or feeling a need to like throw in a bunch of filler stuff. Yeah. Um, I think if I had a massive back catalog or if I was working with other producers or if I was collaborating with a ton of people, album would be a completely different situation. But I, my own psyche, do best when I work in EPs. It's a happy medium between uh, being efficient with time, having realistic schedules, being able to convey ideas that feel really cohesive and feel like they work together, but also not burning out, you know, trying to make 15 
songs that all fit this thing either. Well, because like, because the people, I think it's a huge thing that we struggle with is you know when we release music, or you know even take an artist, you know a whole series of paintings, you know a collection. You know, we feel the need like oh how do I go about sharing this? Like, do I release one single as a teaser to get you ready for it? Cause that's the only thing to do, you know, but I, I like though your, your perspective on it. Like, you know, let it, them absorb that and then absorb something more and then get to look at it as a whole, yeah. you know? And I, I think, I guess what you're saying is it doesn't matter if it's single EP or album, it's matters if it's efficient timeline for you. And if you have the catalog and the ability to produce that in order to capture what you're trying to capture yeah and also i mean the other argument to be made which is completely valid as well is is just you know you spent so much time making this content um stretch it out yeah let let, let it have some time to to like enjoy it. give a give a little bit of tension between you know let like, yeah. don't give it all away right away uh, and i, I, I think, have 40 songs and i'm like doing all unplugged yeah. of it and i'm like i don't know what the hell i'm doing i used to do, <laughs> my last my last ep i threw out like that uh, and I don't, I, I don't throw out the wrong word, but I just, I just released a bunch of music. the whole thing. It was just, you know, five songs in a day. There it is, everyone. Yeah. Enjoy. There was no single, there was no anything. And I think one of the, the things that I never focused on that I chose to focus on this release is a visual aspect. Hmm. Um, and so having a, 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 you know, releasing the first single with a video was something that I really wanted to do. And it, it was, it was the best most meaningful engagement I think I've I've had in a long time like in terms of the it wasn't like it was huge it's not like it was crazy it was just it was beautiful because I think people are much more likely to share a visual representation of something and they there it, it gives them a little bit more direction of what are they supposed to be feeling what is the mood and and for me the director i work with quinn shrewd um he was another person where i told him i had this vision of a seed being planted somewhere that then grows into this entire thing and then comes back to being nothing but you or like grows up where nobody can really see it yeah and he goes okay comes back in 24 hours and he says on a beach with seeds puts them in the ocean underwater growth oh and i was like nailed it you know and then he sent me like he his he was so unbelievably giving and just so i'm like so grateful for the time that he and his team put in wow um really really great people and you know i've had a chance to connect with them all um and yeah i mean damn these people showed up and they had no reason to um their budget was not at all i think it speaks a lot to uh what you created and your and your narrative and your intention i mean i think with uh you it's very strong intention it's very strong narrative it's very it's cared after it's cared for by you and bringing creative people it's inevitable that they dive into that dive into it that deep thank you for saying that. i think that's important i think everyone i think it's something that we all need to remember is that no one's going to want to be a part of something that we won't stand by something that we won't you know care that's for true. you know if we're not going to nurture it who the hell is yeah so I, I think really my main thing is that people that work with me 
in any capacity feel really valued mm-hmm. um and sometimes money is isn't the main motivator but a lot of times it's, it's very helpful and obviously like he didn't even really ask for anything but i, I gave him what i could yeah what my budget is because it's I, it's what was realistically like what i was this is what i set aside for this this is what i i you know what what and and at the end of the day it was like i know it's probably less than half of what would have gone into it but yeah he was so passionate about it and was so excited to be a part of it and and and, and help me realize my vision and I can't tell you how unbelievably grateful I am to, to, you know, as a solo person now to have a team like that, a team of people around me who are so with this working with such high levels of integrity and care and discipline to, to make something because they just believe in its message. Yeah. That's incredible. So we had this video made and um it, yeah we the the idea was i'm going to put out the single with the video and and i noticed that inherently way more people sh- share the video than just like a, a random hyperlink to things yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like yeah, it's yeah. just and it's it's such a better move moving forward and it's something that i do think is a worthy investment i don't really care about the financial return of it it's more about the fact that it's a representation of this concept that i've so I, I like I like what you're getting at because I think the final step to you know project re- development release is the content engagement itself. Right. Right. So how you choose to approach that. Right. And I'm I'm excited that you're here to talk about it because you're you're not going with the route like post a billboard on the side of the freeway, you know, post Instagram ads no. and all this stuff. Like you're just, you're releasing this music and that, yeah, you do have a following enough for people to see it. It's grassroots, um, but you're, you're, you're more looking for the engagement to be, even if it was only 10 people that were touched by this, you know, mm-hmm. video rather than 10,000 people that maybe saw five seconds of it. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that what I have found and what works for me, it, it's not for everybody. I, I went the PR route for years, um, hired companies, and, and I had some really big success with it, and then I didn't anymore. And it's a different world out there uh, with, with you know, the way it is. And, and now um, one one service I use that I think is great is SubmitHub. Um, that's a, a really cool thing that's come about. And I, I remember I didn't really – it felt a little bit shady at the beginning um, because – as an artist, you're now paying for a blogger to listen to your song and give you a yes or no within 48 hours. They have to reply if they're going to post it or not, and they have to listen to it. And you can either choose whether you want to give feedback or you can choose whether uh, you just want them to have to listen to a minute and like 20-some seconds of the song. Wow. And their feedback can't be copied and pasted. Like it doesn't allow you to do that. So they have to write unique feedback for each person. And it's very intense. Um, and the first couple of times I did it, I remember just being like, I asked for feedback just cause I was like really curious and it, it, you just realize how, and it, it's completely, just don't ask for feedback. I would argue just have them listen to a minute and 20 seconds. Cause that's a really generous amount of time to be listening to anything. And if they're going to post, it, they're going to post it. You know? And yeah. And I, and I noticed that when, when, um, my point is I was, I was a little bit like, I don't know about this. And then I read an article. The, I read the opposite perspective from a blogger who's saying, look, I get it. You know, you're already, you know, artists are just like fighting to find 
anyone to be a part of all this and yeah. now they have to pay for people to listen to it and this whole system is so backwards but he's like i'm an independent blogger and i have a normal job just like everybody else does and i come home and i listen to thousands of submissions to people every month and i don't get paid for that i have a spotify playlist that has a lot of followers or i have a youtube channel that has a ton of subscribers and that's my one thing. And I get, you know, that's where I make my revenue, but it's not much. It's not yeah. paying all my bills. So for me to now have a service where I can make $500 a month for <clears throat> listening to a thousand songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's awesome. And those are premium subscriptions. You can, you can submit without paying to yeah. a lot of them. You can get free credits and stuff like that. But I think it's 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 a worthy investment to at least start submitting your stuff in that realm. And I've seen you know people have been posting it, people have been reposting, and they so come engagement back. has to come from organic, is what you're saying. Like yeah. there's there's ways to online promote, and this is this is important to me. Yeah, there's ways to promote online organically, and that this is one of them because I've had you know with this release, I've had a few bugs like jump right on board, and they're great because they don't have any reason to post it unless they actually like it. Well, yeah, because they're going to get paid regardless for listening. So it's a great testament. Is it the only aspect of that you should use? No, no. it's just it's one avenue that helps, and it, and it's especially, you know, for me, I'm I'm, even though I've I've been releasing stuff for for years, this is now I'm doing this totally grassroots, and I'm I'm building this from the ground up, and I have a great starting point more so than a lot of other people who are completely raw, you know, um, but I, I got to grow it. So I think marketing and kind of one thing I mentioned before is, you know, you made this thing and now you got to monetize off it. But how do you market a thing in a way that feels okay, that has integrity, that has, and, and the reality is when the songs are about real things and real meaning for me, and I can share those stories and explain where they are. And genuinely like that's the change I've made, which is I used to just let people decide and be super mysterious, but it's like, no. Like I'm okay with that now. I want you to know what these songs are about. Yeah. I want you to know that this is what I go through and this is how I this is express what I'm it, doing. And yeah. this is what's going on. And I don't really feel that need to be be too cool for school about that stuff anymore. And and uh I think that's part of what makes it so meaningful to me is like these songs do have really heavy and, and beautiful meaning for me and, and I, I want people to know that, but also if they find out what that meaning is or not, I hope that there's ways that it's getting to them. Yeah. Um, and whether or not they come and, and follow me here or follow me there is irrelevant. If the music's getting out there and it's hitting people and, you know, I think Spotify's a perfect example of, you know, it's great to see that now we have the opportunity as artists where when I post a track, now it goes directly into all of the people that follow me. It goes into their release radars and it goes into all the algorithms and it spreads. Like the algorithms actually work in our favor. Interesting. Look at that. You know, Look they're not that. all bad. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to get right in there. And, and, you know, people can skip it and, you know, maybe you don't get the, the this or that. But uh, the avenues are there to build this. And, you know, seeing the growth even from releasing one single and then, you know, releasing the next single and people discovering the first one and then you're going to release another thing and they're going to find the other two. And then you have a whole other catalog, back catalog of work. Um, over time, it, it eventually it sustains itself. And that's sort of my plan is to just really find a workflow and, and keep, keep honing and keep fighting to be able to release things more consistently. Yeah. Um, with 
a lot of meaning with a team of people around me who share that vision and you know hopefully i can maintain the people i have but you know also that's you know at, at, at the end of the day i'm I'm, I'm, I'm at mercy to where life is when i finish the thing that's you know yeah. so 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 stressing about releasing um is no longer a part of my creative process until it's done when the music is done i know when the i know what the timeline is and i know now i know the fundamental aspects like there's things that are just going to be there i already know it's going to get put into those playlists i already know i can you know i have the option of submit hub i already know that i have a sync and licensing company who sends it out to a bunch of music supervisors i already know that i have um friends who are going to share it with their friends and, and the people that yeah. you know, i'm so grateful that's another thing like the amount of people that have no reason to just share these things and repost them because of the message and because they just love the vibe like that's so, it's like so that's why the intention is important insane. start to finish yes yeah. give them give them something to to connect with yeah and sometimes the music does connect them without them knowing anything and that's incredible that's i love what's well, that. the best part that's yeah. the actual vibration hitting your body yeah. right but there's also, also like, oh, a cool whoa. thing about saying like this is what this is about and people being like oh wow like i, I and no I, idea. I got one message that was i i now listening to it and he said he's like the, that's a sonogram like that's, no way yeah they picked like, up on it. it like he knew dude it was amazing that must have felt so good was, you're like yes I, was like, I said that's insane that you picked that up like, what in here he's i mean he's another really talented yeah musician adrian but um it was cool to to, to have that you know? so so now the project's released yeah and i think the my last my last question for this whole thing is uh you know we have we release it it's out in the world like we can't touch it anymore like it's it belongs to the world like we've yeah. shared it mm -hmm. but now i like because what you're talking about is like i'd like to get to a place that's more consistent more releasing mm -hmm. more this how do you let go of the last project how do you let go of everything you went through how do you let go of everything you've expressed and like because it's such a big toll on your life as you right. know how do you let go of all of that to move on to the next stage to create a whole to start over yeah. that's a huge transition that just will bury you yeah, and there's there's a lot of different answers to that for different people. I'll tell you mine. Please, that's mine. What... Yeah, I mean, obviously that's an obvious <laughs> statement, but I'm I'm just saying like this is. I just not, think this is like one of the most important things. This is not gospel. What I'm about to say, but this is what I found that works for me. Um, my my anxiety as a as a solo artist comes from um, what what am I going to do to top the thing that I just made that's that used to be the biggest like like I've just done this thing and this is like I've had such an amazing team and all these cool things have happened and now when how is that going to happen again like am I going to have songs that feel that way again yeah, am I going to have totally. all this like and 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 you know what what am I going to write about but um one thing that has really resonated with me now is I've found that what what puts me in check is while I'm releasing this release I'm currently working on the next one so my days are now split in half. So I have my mornings, which are spent answering emails, going through, checking submissions, answering things, reaching out, making sure that I'm you know, connecting with people who wanna connect and things like that. Um, then I take a break, go on a hike, go get some lunch, see some human beings for a second. <laughs> and then I come back and I put on creative songwriter helmet and I dig in and I, I already, you know, I've already, Basically, by the time this release is being introduced, I am deep into the next one. Wow. Because 
now I've solved both issues for my anxiety, which is what's the next thing? Like what what's the next thing? And not wanting to put too much pressure on this release to have to do anything. You kind of like restrict the time that you can give to this, you know. Well, it, it, there's no pressure on this release to do anything because I'm already I already have the next one going. You yeah. know what I mean? So w- whatever this is going to do, it's going to do now. I already have stuff that I'm like so excited about. I'm yeah. like amped. I have a concept that I believe in and it's already in the works. So I don't have to like stress. And 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 the, maybe that should be gospel. Well, <laughs> maybe this should be. I, I, this is, I mean, yeah. we want to continue to create, right? We don't want to stop the creative flow. And that's exactly what you're setting yourself up for. Well, but here's the thing. The, the other thing that, that I did differently is that I have to love the process. Yeah. And I need to do that. I need to miss the process. So taking a break in between, like when this, so, you know, uh, LMG is is the fully appeal go live. I think it's like a, a week from, it, it goes live the 12th of, of November. It's like a week from Tuesday or something. And then um, when that's done, I still have about another month of production to do. And then as soon as that record's done, I'm gonna go into creative director mode. No more writing just getting everything organized for that release get videos on board get content get artwork yeah. in the works all that stuff the mastering all that stuff needs to be dialed in and that takes at least two to three months and then by that time not writing in that amount of time you're gonna want to write again i'm gonna want to write a lot so it's not that you take a break from everything it's that you take a break from certain jobs correct certain, it's certain... about learning how to spread out and delegate the hats you're wearing at any given time because you have to wear so many of them now that you can't you you will lose and i mean this is going to sound cheesy but like the <laughs> you're going to lose your human hat you know what the i human, mean I, no yeah, that's not like cheesy the, that's that's the, freaking true the human hat is needs to not like your personal self hat yeah needs to not be lost in it because it's just it's so work is such a workaholism is such a safe place for me I love just like, oh, you know, I, I just go to, I, but now I really feel that era is over. Yeah. I want to enjoy my days. I want to wake up feeling excited. I wanna and it sounds f- like you're getting more done like that too. Yeah. Uh, I Which am. is weird, right? It is weird. <laughs> uh, it's like doing less and producing more. Uh, but ah. I, I, yeah, but I, I, I do, I, I think that is a great, kind of pulling it all together it, it is figuring out when to give space to each hat that you wear and not doing all of them all the time because it's just it's not it's not okay yeah uh for me at least i i lost my mind doing it that way and i i now know that yeah i have certain anxieties that will go into high mode when i'm in certain aspects of creating and i found ways to check each one and wear multiple hats that actually decrease the anxiety from the other one interesting and some of them work really well together release guy you know the 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 pr yeah hat works really well with artistic hat because they're so opposite because yeah because it's like there's such different worlds and this one's so logistical and this one is all creative but the creative director hat and artist hat no they bleed into each other that is that is not going to work well um so i think it's like learning kind of how to fit those pieces together is massive dude that's awesome yeah I think that's that's you're just like a tank of valuable information. <laughs> I, I just yeah, I feel like I've I've I'm lucky to know so many people that are just experiencing this and have shared so many beautiful stories with me 
about their creative experience and seeing their struggles and um, being able to just grow from that. And, and, you know, some people that inspire me seeing their process and their yeah. turmoil and um, knowing that at the end of the day, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my humanity. And I, and I, I want to, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I work alone in a place, the bulk of my week where I don't see people. So at the end of the day, structuring and literally scheduling time to go see people. Yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. Because I will, I, I, I have too much time. It's too <laughs> much time, man. Uh, yeah, we need to, we're, we're, we're social creatures, I believe, deep down. We can try to pretend that we're not, but yeah. we all want to be. And I really, I, I, I know now the value of that more than I ever have in the past. Yeah. Well, then uh, I appreciate you coming on and doing this because that's exactly what this is about. Literally, it's about sharing yeah. those those experiences and that knowledge and letting everyone know that we're all in this together. You know, yeah. we are a community. Yeah. So I appreciate appreciate you having me. Well, dude, I thank you. Thank you so much. Any any last words? This has been educational. I mean, what, what, yeah, last words would be to just continue to be kind to yourself in the process. You're not alone. Um and I don't mean that in the sense that there's a million people doing this and, you know, you're, there's a massive competition. Just operate from a place of love. Do what you do with love, not from fear. Um, and if you really bring true intention and you take time to develop techniques and develop the release methods and build the teams around you that share this, there's no doubt in my mind you can just build it the right way with, with the right people and the right time. And, and don't be an island. There's plenty of resources and there's plenty of time to delegate things and, and don't be afraid to invest in time for yourself and give yourself space to create with less stress and more intention. That would be my last words. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good last words. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's just, <laughs> that actually took a dark turn. Kind of. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, see you guys in the next life. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to having you on again soon. Oh, and, and I look anytime. forward to your to the full release of LMG and then the new one that's coming out. I guess yeah. pretty soon after that. Yeah. Whole rock up. and roll, man. Morning. More music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Peace out. Peace out.